With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Word Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm Major Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We got to talk about another Tiger Bowl. This one didn't have the outcome we wanted. Auburn ended up losing to LSU 21-17. Jared, this was about one of the weirdest, ugliest, weirdest, I'm going to say weirdest like 15 times probably in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but... This is we we talked about you know needing to win these messy games, and I felt like we gave ourselves multiple shots to do that. Um, didn't end up coming out with the win, and uh, you know with that comes the conversations, and we'll talk about it. I'm sure throughout this podcast is you know where does Harson kind of come into play with all these messy games? So, Jared, what what was kind of your thoughts of, of this game and uh, how Auburn? Had multiple chances to come come out with a win. Yeah, I mean, it was just a bizarre game, kind of like Missouri was, um, and just and it's in different you know ways. I, you know, I talked to somebody and I was saying, you know, um, Robbie Ashford is probably the only reason we're in the game, and he probably also cost us the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you got to expect from a young guy. I mean. You know, so there was some great things we saw. There was some formations that we've been begging for. There was some spread. There was slant. With I think we threw two slant passes. They're probably going to cancel football now at Auburn because of that. But <laughs> we threw two slant routes. Uh, we had a drag route that uh, I think um, uh, Fromm got called for blocking a little too soon. But we brought uh, Camden Brown across the middle. We did a drag route on that. Um, and to Fromm's credit, he did make a great play the following play. So right up for that. But, uh, I mean, there was some passing routes we had not seen, you know, they went back and dissected the, the route that Camden Brown ran. Uh, and it was a nice play, you know, it was, uh, you, you kind of go towards the, the middle to get the safety to bite on that. And then he went back out towards the corner of the end zone and there was nobody there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, all in all, it was a weird game. I mean, we outgained them, uh, I think over a hundred yards. They had 85 yards passing total. I believe they had five yards in the second half passing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you lose a game like that. But, you know, it was Auburn LSU. So It was Auburn LSU. And I think one of the key things, and let's you go ahead and jump into it, is turnovers. I mean, that's one of the big storylines of this year is how many turnovers Auburn's had and how, how many Auburn has caused from other teams. And it there's this huge gap now. I think it's like nine Auburn's negative nine or negative ten, something crazy I think like it's that. 10. I think I heard ten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're you're giving the ball up nine or ten times extra to another team throughout the season, or to teams, I guess, then you're putting yourself in a really tough situation because that's extra possessions that the other team gets. And this game was definitely one of those. I mean, 
we had, and, and thankfully some of the fumbles didn't get recovered by LSU. I think we had six fumbles this game. Six? Are you kidding me? Like six. That's crazy. Yeah. And that's, we, yeah. <laughs> thankfully only a couple of those were recovered by LSU. Uh, we also had a couple interceptions. Uh, one was from Robbie and the other was, I believe, Coy Moore on one of those uh, trick plays that we tried to run. So that's that's just kind of the storyline for this this team this year. It's we're going to cause we're going to have a lot of turnovers. We might have a few explosive plays, and guess what? Our second halves are not going to be existent for offense. And I feel like that's kind of the summation of at least so far where we're at. Is that accurate? Am I missing anything that you think kind of like summarizes what we've seen so far? No, I mean the turnovers are just terrible i mean i and you know you can't like i said this goes but listen i th- robbie if you listen you're the reason we even had a shot <laughs> but you know the uh the fumble recovery for a touchdown uh, that won them the game like if that play doesn't happen we we probably win that game 17 to 7 or 17 right well I mean, it just, and, and lsu doesn't have the momentum i mean i was literally sitting in the stadium right next to the lsu section and as soon as they had that they had a glimmer of hope. Literally every other, diff, like Auburn was on the field. Usually, you know, the opposing you know, uh, fans try to make a little noise. They were dead silent. It was honestly a little weird, when we, especially when we were up around, you know, 17 to zero. And you give the fans a little bit of hope, and then they start doing their LSU chants, and you're just like, oh, no. Like, this is going to happen. And, and I heard somebody literally right behind me was like, oh, we're doing, we're looking good. And I was like, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Like, as soon as you get that mindset of we're doing good, that's that's when I feel like bad stuff starts happening. And sure enough, <laughs> turnovers, uh, lots of just non-execution of plays where Auburn just didn't play well. And so it resulted in negative plays. It resulted in interceptions. You know, it's just lots of weird stuff, right? So, I but told people before the game they we were ten point underdogs. Some people were saying we're going to get blown out. I'm like, listen, this is not praise for Auburn, but LSU is not a good football team. And I said I, I was going to be surprised if we got blown out. And it turns out as the game started, they weren't going to win that game unless we helped them, mm-hmm. and we helped them several times. <laughs> yes, coaching and play wise, and so. If we as if we got up seventeen to nothing, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it was almost like Alabama last year when we got up seventeen to nothing. If we would have just taken a knee, like literally mm-hmm. just taking a knee for an entire half, or for the, we probably would have done better. <laughs> just don't turn it over. Yeah. They weren't moving the ball. AJ, they had eighty-five passing yards total. I, I don't think I I've ever seen a team only have eighty-five. Maybe I have. But it seems super rare in today's day and age when you have to pass the ball a little bit. And they, I'll give you them this. Think. I'll give them this. They passed. The problem was how many, like, I don't have a number on it, but I can think of at least five or six where their receivers just straight up dropped it. Yeah. So they're I, gifting it to us in a way, but that's also quarterbacks, you know, putting in the right spot, you know, whatever. I've watched two games now. Uh, Kayshawn Butte or however you say it, that dude's checked out. Like, I watched Florida State and this game, too. I mean, he literally dropped, like, one of the most – and he just didn't even care. I mean, it – Wow. I, I mean, I mean it, he, he, he's, he's literally – He's costing millions. Yeah, he's – he's like, I, I think I mentioned in our preview, 
I think he's a top 10 pick. But he, he literally, against Auburn, only had one reception for four yards. Yeah, he's checked out, man. Like, I'm not, I, I mean, and he wanted to transfer. I don't know if he stayed for money or what, but he is not, he, he, he's not there, man. That's such a weird thing. Like, I feel like if you have, if you know, like at this point, he's, you know, four or five games into the season, he's only got like a handful of more games left in his college career. Like, play hard. Like, play to win and play your best. But this guy, you know, I agree. Like, it, it seemed like he was almost non-existent on the field. And I wasn't expecting that. But, you know, I, maybe that maybe some of that was our defenders. But, I mean, a talent like Booty, like, he was, he was such a, like, every other game that I've seen him, like, last year. You were like that. That's the superstar on their team. Last year he was he was amazing, uh, but I watched him at FSU and this. And after two games, I wasn't gonna do it on one game. After two games, I've concluded that he's just his heart isn't in it. But anyways, doesn't matter. But yeah, I, that was my uh, that was my review after seeing him play. Yeah, um, let's talk about something else that I, I just thought was you know, another kind of major storyline here. Yeah, the second half struggles, and it's happening again and again and again. Why? Like, is it not adjusting? Is it the players? I mean, like, my wife was like, are they just getting tired? And I was like, I don't think so, but maybe they are. They're, but, like, what's kind of your thoughts on why we're not not getting into the end zone or getting even field goals sometimes in the second half this season? Um, I think... At some point, it's you, you just got to say it's coaching. I mean, I just schematically, I, I don't, you know, people that are wiser than I am have gone back and rewatched tapes and say that we just don't make adjustments or not enough in the second half. And, you know, the uh, LSU player that intercepted Robbie, the last interception where he took it from Coy Moore. Oh, yeah. You know, he could have just been talking trash but he said after the game he said i knew i knew what play they were running they had just run it six times in a row oh my and so he said i knew i knew where that was going um that's what he said and you know if that's true that's why you're not scoring in the second half Mm. if you're still running the same plays and you're and i know that you need to simplify things for robbie but yeah again i highly doubt it was six times in a row but that guy did jump that route and so he knew what was coming somehow um so yeah i i think it's just a combo uh, not a combo I, I think it's literally just you know some coaches got it and some don't and maybe in at boise they didn't have to make second half adjustments maybe they were already up enough i don't know but i mean this is what is this AJ? it's like seven or eight games in a row where we have not scored seven points in the fourth quarter hmm. yeah well, that's in, that's insane like our power five games i should say yeah power five yeah but that that that's the kind of stuff. I mean, you think about the great quarterbacks of they're, they're scoring touchdowns in the fourth quarter on the last drive. And, you know, the greatest offenses always figure out a way to score when it looks impossible. And, you know, I feel like once you get to halftime, we're just, you know, we're not doing enough. I mean, and, wouldn't you think you almost would do it by accident uh, at least once? <laughs> I mean,. He accidentally score seven. I mean, I, I think the last time we did it was maybe, I guess, uh, Arkansas. I don't know. Maybe Arkansas, I think, was the last time we scored seven in the fourth quarter. 
I mean, that's like a year ago at this point. Yeah, yeah, a year ago. It was probably, it was October, I think, last year. Yeah. So this is kind of just showing you, like, this is the theme. Um, I mean, we've been trying to look for these because we're trying to figure out who Harson is, like, how is he coaching? And one of the things we're noticing is, for some reason, that second half is being his Achilles heel. Um, and that's such a weird spot to be at because against big teams or any co- conference team for that matter, you have to score in the second half. I mean, we almost lost multiple times in Missouri because guess what? We didn't score. It literally took until overtime for us to score points against them. So I, I, I just think we have to do something different there. And, and you know, it's also kind of interesting because I was at the game. I saw the players get so fired up in the second half. So like, I thought they have the energy. They have the the willpower. Like there are multiple times like Tank would get a big run, something would happen, and you like smile a little bit and you're like, That's great. Like I wanna see that. But it's not translating to getting into the end zone. And that's the weird part for me. Because like I you can see it in the players' eyes. And for goodness sakes, I mean we haven't even talked about it, but the stadium was I, I love that game. Fans were into it. They showed up. The student section, especially fourth quarter, was nuts. How the heck we didn't score a touchdown in the fourth quarter, I do not know. <laughs> but that's that's the kind of thing. That's kind of where we're at. I mean, Arson said it early on. You know, teams figure out who they are by like round game four. Well, that was game five. So this is kind of just what you got to expect. We're going to cause turnovers and not score hardly at all in the second half. That's not a way for us to to win games. So, I don't know. Um, let's talk about some of the positives here. So, I know we've talked a lot about, you know, the issues that are glaring to a lot of people. But let's talk about some of the things that you, uh, you and I both saw that were positives and potentially improvements on uh, previously. Jared, what, what are some of the things that you saw this game that uh, impressed you? Uh, this game, um, uh, Robbie, I would say, yeah, you know, I was, uh, so I did not think that Robbie could ever be the future at Auburn. I, I thought basically we're going to try to make do and, and last week to be on to be fair, uh, they, tr- they, you know, they didn't treat him like he could be the future. They were, they were doing run plays mostly with Robbie and Missouri and they came out passing and yeah. R- Robbie made a ton of really good plays. Um, I mean, he was the reason we were up seventeen to nothing. Yeah. So I I saw him. I said that guy with more coaching, and I even said this, and I said if he would have started game one, and nothing against, I think either one of them, we'd probably be in a better spot. But if he would have been the starter game one, some of those mistakes he made yesterday, he would not have made. Some of those yeah easier passes he would right. have made. Well, and you're seeing like your point of you're seeing Robbie improve. I mean. He had 337 yards passing for a guy that, you know, think about it. We, we think of Robbie as he's the athlete. I mean, that's what the coaches kept saying. He's athletic. He can run fast. They didn't really talk a whole lot about his arm and yet he made plays with his arm. Now look at the stats. He was only 50% completions, but the 50% that he did complete were big time. I mean, Jared, just, just quick stat here without looking at your stat sheet. How many players for Auburn had at least one completion of twenty yards or more this game? Any any guesses? Uh, I, I think did 
I don't know, like six. It was six. Yeah. Yeah, I think I heard him say it on the broadcast. Yeah, that's the only reason I know. Which and, is and, just incredible. And Camden Brown was right behind there with an 18-yard completion for a touchdown. So that's kind of shown you like the explosive plays. You know, I think back to Gus's. You know, one of the things was he wanted to get have explosive plays. We had some really explosive plays. It was just the finishing the drive, especially when you got into the red zone. That was the issue. Um, so we got we got down to the. I think it was. It might have been the one where Coy wound up um, throwing the interception. We got down there, and I said, we need to take a shot, right? It was first down. We need to take yeah. a shot. I said, because we cannot go 10 play. We can't do a 10-play drive without making a mistake. And my my buddy sent back, he's like, 10. I'm thinking five. But either way, we needed to take a shot because we were getting chunk plays, but then we were also fumbling snaps and doing this mm-hmm. and that. And I'm like, it's just you can't trust a 10-play drive. you got to go after it. And, you know, I guess you – you could say the coy thing was going after it, but um, I don't know. It, it, we need to. We got to figure. I, let's just say this: I'm glad that JJ scored on his big completion because if he gets tackled at the ten, we we may not get it in. No, that's so true. I yeah, I I, I think that's the way we're going to get points on the scoreboard. Is we're you know, at the 25, 30, 40 yard line, and we just make we make a play and we score a touchdown. Yeah. I don't see it being a methodical, uh, you know, red zone type thing. Um, I will say this, and I kind of thought this was interesting. They pulled out the Wildcat, which I think was maybe the first time we've done an official Wildcat. Now, we've had both quarterbacks in there. But an official, like, you know, Tank Bigsby takes a snap. So, that was kind of interesting. I wonder if we'll implement that when we get into the red zone type situation. Is that the one where he gave it to Robbie and he threw it to Omar Kelly? I think that was it. Yeah, it was a trick play. Man, and if that one right there, um, and you can't, I mean, two things. If Robbie puts touch on that, oh, Kelly runs into the end zone. But yeah. what about the focus by Kelly? That ball was tipped. Kelly yeah. had to like slow his route down. The ball gets tipped, and he still makes the catch. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good play. I mean, that's true freshman. Absolutely. And that's, again, showing you, I mean, one of the things we, we've been talking about a lot is we want to see these young guys especially when the older guys are having their issues, which hey, I didn't necessarily see as many issues from the older guys this, this game. But this kind of shows you the younger guys, that's the future. They're, they're you know getting the excitement of a big game and making the big play. So definitely want to see more of that. One um, other thing real quick I do want to tell you. You asked yeah. what I saw with positives. Uh, stats, I have no idea if stats are going to show up on this, but I feel like the O-line played better. I, mean, the, I, was, the, thinking, I, I was thinking the same thing. There were times that Tank got stuffed at the line of scrimmage, but, you know, we moved Brandon Council to center. I I mean, we had over 100 yards rushing, and Robbie only had, like, 18. So, usually when we have good rushing, it wasn't him. So, I felt like, all in all, uh, it was much better than Missouri. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, and you know what's crazy is I I kept hearing over and over, LSU's front seven is really good. It's their secondary that has the issues. And I was thinking, wow. I think LSU only got a couple sacks on us the whole game. And thinking back on the Missouri game where it was just like they were in Robbie's face every single play. So I thought that was a big improvement. So again, it's the, it's the things like, you know, Jared, when you're, you and I are kind of like looking at, you know, how is Harson doing? I evaluate, are we getting wins first off? Right. And then, you know, are they improving? And, 
I saw some improvements, but I also saw the themes like we talked about, the turnovers, the second half struggles. And you're like, okay, so you take a step forward and then you take a couple steps back and it's like, where are we at? We, we were kind of going backwards a little bit. So agreed. Jared, any kind of thoughts on, I mean, the, the, one of the main topics right now is, you know, is, is Harson going to make it through the season? Well, we're recording this Sunday evening and Harson, as far as I'm aware, still the head coach of Auburn. What's kind of your thoughts on how, like where he's at, um, with the hot seat? <laughs> I, I don't know. Is there like beyond a hot seat? I mean, <laughs> is there, is there like your seat? You don't even have a seat. <laughs> is, is that possible? I mean, and and listen, this is never to knock on an individual. This is just is what we deal with, right? We, the, let's look at the data. I just don't know, man. I mean, there's I don't think there's any ways our coach beyond this year. I and at this point, everybody seems to think it probably will happen at the bye week. Um, so that's that's what keeps floating around out there. I mean, if he goes and beats Georgia, okay, then we may have to have some conversation about what we're going to do. Yeah. But at this point. I just don't think he will be Auburn's coach next year. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of have like two things going for like, so I have my heart that essentially like, I'm just like, yeah, he's done. And then I've got my head seeing the improvements and we're seeing some positive changes and thinking, ah, okay. We have definitely improved since the Missouri and the Penn state game, but is it enough? Like, that's always the question. Is it enough? Uh, to keep your job where you're getting paid essentially what, $5 million a year or so, that's a lot of money and a lot of commitment to a guy. Um, and, and there's also this kind of like this weird balance kind of going on of, you know, allowing him to have time, like have time to figure out how, it, how it's going to work. Because he's, he obviously made a pretty big jump from Boise to Auburn and, you know, we're seeing all of the growing pains, literally every possible growing pain that I could think of <laughs> for a guy coming from Boise to Auburn. It feels like he had it and is going through that. And so are we going to, you know, whoever's making the decisions, you know, are they going to stick with it? Are they going to say, Hey, Harson, we believe in you or not. I mean, and you got in the back of your mind also, you know, what happened back in February and all the, kind of internal investigation that became very public on Harson, And there's just like this overwhelming, it feels like sense of he's done. So it's like this battle of, I see improvements, but then it's like, what there's like, I, I don't also don't see a way out for him. Like to you know, have success. I at least at this point, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I don't think any, at least I didn't, I didn't expect, Harson to come in here and win the SEC in the first two seasons. What what you have to do is you have to come in, you have to show improvement, and you have to recruit. And I I think this game showed improvement from our debacles 
the last two weeks, but I don't think it was like, it hasn't been a gradual improvement throughout the season, or you know what I'm saying, since he's been here. I feel like we played so poorly a couple games this year that this game, like, oh, well, that was better. Yeah, yeah, this to me is how we should have started the season, and then we should be accelerating from that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I feel like this one was a little comforting, and oh, I saw some development, I saw some improvement, but we're still not great. And the other thing is, uh, there is a trend now as to how he is going to handle second halves. I mean, it's beyond just an accident. Um, that's not improving, and recruiting is terrible. Um, and so I think you got to have something going for you. You can't be missing on every major facet, in my opinion. Yeah. And I am totally okay with time. Like I was actually a supporter of Harson. Um, you said was. I so. was. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, yeah, like. It's too big of a so, and I know that, and I, I, this will be the last thing I say about it. Um, I never want anybody to lose their job. Uh, everything I talk about is what's best for Auburn, but also these people are paid a ton of money. It is a unique job, and it is they need results very quickly, or at least showing something I can point to to prove to you I will get results. Um, because there's a lot of money, the entire town revolves around. There's a lot of people that stand to lose money if this thing goes south. Yeah. You can't wait around. Right. And you got to at least be able to point. So if he was having the same season, and but he could point and say, hey, look, I'm number 10 in recruiting. Okay, perfect. Right now, that exact scenario, I'm like, keep him. Right. Give him another year. Because he has um, the he has the future class already yes. bought into him and his system. And I, we're not seeing that yet. And that's the hard part. Because guess what? <laughs> Early signing period is just around the corner. And that's that's not going to be good if we you know don't even crack the top 20 or top 25 in recruiting when auburn statistically should most definitely be kind of in that realm almost every single year with how how much money flows into the university which with how much success we can have and just for goodness sakes i mean we saw this this week from a couple of the recruits they really enjoyed themselves they thought the environment was fun it's kind of like the environment itself sells itself. And, you know, if you're not able to capitalize off of that, that's that's just, you know, too bad, so sad. <laughs> like, it's, it's not going to work out. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd, yeah. If, if and I don't know. And I, I'll ask you this. Uh, I don't know where you are on this, but can he can he save his job at this point? Do you see a scenario he could do to, to where he's Auburn's coach next year? I think like you mentioned, you'd have to win some really big games. Like you'd have to probably be somebody like a Georgia or, I mean, maybe even Ole Miss. Like if you beat either Georgia or Ole Miss, both being top 10 teams right now, I think you have kind of a, essentially a proof of concept of, Hey, I can win and I can beat teams that are obviously better than us. But at this point, I don't, I don't know if we're going to see that. I really don't. Yeah, Georgia had their bad game last week. <laughs> they're gonna, yeah, I know. Yeah, they're going to probably, yeah. They're going to be locked in, man. It's yeah. I've got a feeling it's going to be ugly. Yeah, with how, how <laughs> they were struggling against Missouri, and just think about what happened literally last week against Missouri for Auburn. Like that, I, I didn't even recognize the Missouri team. <laughs> like That didn't seem right. That didn't seem like the right team that we had just played. That was honestly like probably gonna beat missouri 
unless Georgia slowly claws their way back. So, pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was definitely not. I w- nobody was expecting that to go down to the last five minutes. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, I was texting one of my Georgia friends, and he, he was like, oh, I'm not worried. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is Missouri, bottom of the SEC team, and you're you're losing to them with only a few minutes to go. But anyway, um, let's talk about a couple standout players. So we talked about Robbie. I was pretty impressed with Tank this game. Um, not his – I still feel like this is so weird to think about, but, like, we still haven't seen him just completely go off. Like, he's had some pretty good games, but even this game, yeah, got 12 carries for only 45 yards. And that's, I feel like, not a whole lot for him. And that's kind of, again, coming back to offensive line, not opening up a ton of holes, and, like, it's just not working out for him. But that that's just kind of where he's at. I mean, for such a good talent, I feel like he's he's not getting the stats to kind of back that up. Um, also, we got Camden Brown, got his first – touchdown as an Auburn Tiger so love to see that he was uh I think Jared wasn't he one of your guys that you were getting pretty excited about this offseason Camden Brown yes he was I mean again I'm going off of what everybody's saying and and the uh, all the coaches and everything and Harson would come up to the podium and talk about him and I've been hollering to get the guy the ball just I mean you saw his body size right yeah um he's a big dude yeah and um you know, he obviously is learning. The, I mean, he was out there almost on every play, I felt like. Every time I looked up, I saw him lining out wide. Number 17, I don't know whose position he's playing, taking Landon Kings, but I don't know. But he was out there a good bit, tried to get him the ball. Like I said, we did a, uh, uh, a drag route with him over the middle. It was a good play call. We just blocked a little early. Um, we went deep, threw it to them on the end zone. And, you know, and like him and uh, Robbie may have a pretty good connection. And I yeah. know Robbie – I mean, think about it. Uh, we had not seen Cannon Brown and Amari Kelly at all until Missouri, and they both got a catch in that game, and they both got a catch in this game. So maybe Robbie has a good good uh, connection or a good relationship with those guys. Yeah. Well, even Coy Moore, I mean, it's pretty obvious there's some something going on. Like, they, they can read each other. They know what each other is doing. So I feel like that's that's kind of a cool thing where it's uh, some some guys that we probably hadn't even thought of. Um you know, because going into the season, I was thinking, okay, Shedrick Jackson's going to be a staple. Um, and, and here we are, Shedrick, or yeah, Shedrick Jackson didn't even have a reception. Now he was targeted, I think one or two times, but still it's like, we're, we're almost seeing a complete turnover of who are our guys in the wide receiver room. Um, so I, I think the future's bright for our wide receivers. You can see there's a lot of talent there. Um, I also say this, um, Shedrick or uh, John Samuel Schinker, um, he's he was a, I feel like he'd been a little quiet at least with receptions. And this game, he finally started to start coming out. I mean, he had a 27 yard reception, um, had a couple other receptions as well. Um, so he's kind of you know I feel like trying to get his he's getting more of his footing in there. I don't know if that's necessarily on him. Or that's a kind of a scheme thing where we, because of our offensive line issues, needing him to stay in for blocking a little bit more. But, hey, good to see him get a little momentum. Um, let's talk a little bit about defense uh, for Auburn. 
A couple of things, and these were kind of really honestly very impressive stats. You had already brought up, you know, second half, we only allowed five yards receiving. Um, but at least yards-wise, Auburn's defense had its best performance in more than a decade. Isn't that crazy? That's like, crazy. Because I, I was like, oh, we're having a good game for defense. But if you look at LSU's quarterback completions, they were 38%. 38%. I don't know if I've ever seen anything lower than a 40% completion yeah, by a quarterback. Insane. That's insane. So that, that, that was a, I mean, that's a feat by our uh, defensive backs, by our front seven getting pressure. It was everything. So, I mean, the defense, this game was, were the superstars. <laughs> they, they, uh, I, I leaned over to my wife after like in the middle of the second half, I was like, we're going to win this game. We have to have a complete shutout in the second half. We were close, didn't get it, but that that's what they had to do and the defense was out on a mission to do that. I think that if our if we were getting above average play at linebacker, uh I think we would probably be giving about 10 points a game. I think the defense has really started to come to play since Penn State. Yeah. I think our linebackers are not good. Um, well, I, think. I feel like they they stepped up a little bit, but it was it's not still not up to like what we saw even like a year or two ago. Yeah, and I think like so, I think Steiner might have had fifteen tackles or something. But <laughs> he had a plays, lot. There are plays where he looks lost, like he doesn't even know he's not even looking at the play. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think um, you talk about giving a point in the second half. I think the busted wheel route, which was a huge gainer for them, was uh, Owen's guy. I think Owen did not see him busted coverage. I just feel like I feel like there were times LSU could have just kept running up the middle, like they were getting seven yards yeah. a, a run, and then they'd go back to the pass, which thank you because that <laughs> helped us. So I think we got a little help from them. All in all, the defense was great. Defense gave up fourteen. The other point was a, the fumble return. So defense gave up fourteen against Missouri. I just think that. We are really good on D. I think we could be locked down good. I think the linebackers are a weak point, personally. Yeah. Well, and I think Wesley Steiner, I mean, he was getting a lot more play time than I, I, I don't even know if he was expecting that. I mean, he, he led our team in tackles with 11. Uh, Owen was right behind him with eight uh, tackles this game and a quarterback hurry. So our linebackers were getting in on the action, but that was mostly because – LSU was just running the ball right up the gut, so right at the linebackers. Um, and they were doing it pretty effectively. Uh, so, And then you look at like our defensive backs, they didn't get a whole lot of action. I mean, even you know, big guys like DJ James, who normally gets – he's kind of up there, he only has one tackle this game. And that's mostly because LSU wasn't passing very efficiently this game. So kind of interesting there. What, uh, what about uh, – so nobody's really talking about it, but I, I think Eku Leota might be might be done for the season. Yeah, I I, I haven't heard pectoral, official. Pectoral is what they're afraid it is. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he came off the field, and he didn't look right. I was thinking shoulder or something, and then he comes out in street clothes in a sling, and I was like, that's not good. That's not good at all. So – I mean, to have a guy like Aku who's been so efficient and very disruptive, um, kind of a combination of him and Derek Hall have been, it, it's been beautiful. And so, like, I, I truly hope Aku's not out for the rest of the year. But, I mean, if we do, if he's out, we got to have other guys 
you know, step up in his place. Marcus Braggs played well when he came in. So, but the problem is we're so thin there. I mean, I, I think we got Dylan Brooks. He's was a freshman last year. He's essentially the, the our backup option now. And then I don't know. We may have a true freshman. I think we got you know this year in the recruiting class. So we're very thin at that at the edge. Um, so we need uh, we need everybody to stay healthy in, in that regard. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's talk a little bit about special teams here. So we had uh, more more special team stuff happen than I hope we would. Um, our punting game from Oscar Chapman was phenomenal again. Four punts, an average of forty six yards per punt. Um, he did have a long of fifty. Uh, pretty cool stat here. Uh, he is this this season averaging 44.1 net yards per punt. So net wow. yards per month means, you know, how far he punts it. And then you subtract anything that the receiver returns it. So really you're, you're flipping the field. You have 44 yards every time he punts it on average. And that's number one in the sec at this point. And there's only been <laughs> punt returns on him. There's been literally negative one yards. Wow. So that kind of shows you that what he's doing is working. He's getting the amount of hang time, the distance, all that stuff. And so he's being very effective. So again, he's probably going to be my player to watch for this next week because goodness knows he's just, he's, he's always great, but that's pretty cool to see him uh, continue to excel. Uh, also in special teams, we had uh, a few punt returns uh, from Keandre, uh, Keandre Scott. Uh, three punt returns uh, for a total of 20 yards. Uh, he also did have that fumble in the fourth quarter, which really hurt us. It, that uh, We talk about the turnovers that game. I'm like, well, one of them was basically negated. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, because we immediately came back and got it back from him. Yeah, isn't that so interesting? Like how it just kind of does seem to kind of balance out sometimes um, when stuff like that does happen. Um, also, wanted to shout this out. Uh, you know, the guy very first play of the game, seven banks from LSU. Um, he was carted off. Um, I mean, at that point, I don't think he had any movement, uh, and then he started to gain some movement back. Um, then he went to the hospital, got checked out, um, said everything was good. And I was like, thank goodness. Like, that looked terrible. I remember when that happened on the field. I don't know if they showed this on TV. But literally, as soon as the play was finished, one of the Auburn players, probably the guy he targeted, ultimately, uh, was like, get over here, like, you know, trying to call the medical staff over. Because he knew something was wrong, like, immediately. Uh, so, that, that's that got to be tra- traumatic for him. Um, and plus, like... Also, read the room. Like, why did they call it targeting on him? Like, yeah, I, I know. I t- uh, me and my wife were talking about that, and I said, thank goodness he didn't say the player has been ejected. At least they didn't say that. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty obvious. I mean, he, yeah, I will give him credit for that. Um, targeting such a, I don't know, that rule is, just needs to be reviewed. But, yeah, they they called that, but I was like, all right, at least they didn't say he's been he's been ejected. Right. That would have been, yeah, it, it was already insult. But that would have, you know, he's already injured, insult to injury. Like, that's not, just don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of, like, shocked, too. And then I was like, well, at least I didn't say the other part. Yeah, definitely. Um, One other thing to talk about uh, is Anders Carlson. 
he is definitely not himself and it's really unfortunate. Um, like the, I think there was probably even multiple times where if we had the regular Anders Carlson before his ACL, I think we would have, you know, kicked a few field goals, you know, long 45, 50 yarders to at least give us a shot at scoring. And instead we would go for it on fourth down and, you know, Anders it, it passed 40 yards. I don't, I don't know if we have faith in him. I don't know if Anders has faith in himself and I hope he does. Like if we're going to win these, you know, messy games, we're going to have to have Anders out there kicking those field goals. And so that's just something really odd going I, on. Yeah. Right I, I mean, I don't blame Anders for us going forward on fourth and 10. That was just a boneheaded coaching yeah, call. Yeah. But if we, if Anders was making field goals, we probably don't go to forward on fourth and 10. Um, and I, you know, to me, kicking is gotta be the easiest thing as far as like, okay, can a freshman do this? It can, if you can kick a football, you can kick a football, especially at home. The only thing I could see is if you're on the road and the crowd affects you mentally. I don't know why we don't, I mean, we got the number one high school kicker in America. Yeah. And, you know, I know you, I know legacy. I know, you know, Daniel Carlson. I know you want our, uh, Anders to be good. You want him to be back. But if we're being honest, he's made one of his last four. He just had like two or three of them were offsides against Missouri. I mean, it's not it's not great. Yeah. And and if you can't trust a guy in certain spots, you got to give somebody else a shot because you want to be fair to players, right? But um, you also have to be fair to the rest of the team. And if you're not, if you do have somebody that can't do their job effectively, you got to look elsewhere. Right. Well. And- you know, I was thinking back to last year, you know, when Bo Nix was struggling, guess what Harson did? Pulled him out. He pulled him. And I I, I think some of the fans are getting to a point, and, and it's obviously, I mean, like, I, I love Anders Carlson, but if he's not performing, and maybe it is something. I mean, we kind of saw it even in black basketball with, like, um, what's his face, uh, who had towards ACL. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Robert? Yeah, it's uh, Coach's son. Oh, oh, uh, Al Flanagan? Yeah, Alan Flanagan. It's kind of the same thing. Like, it took him a long time to get back. And I, I still feel like, uh, you know, Alan Flanagan isn't the player he is that he was before his injury. And so it's the same kind of thing that I feel like Honors is going through. And so I hope he can get some sort of help. Maybe it's just a mental game because he looks healthy. He really does. Besides the brace on his leg, looks great. So yeah, yeah. I think you know you and I are, you know, we we get on here and we talk about foot, but people and stuff. But from a personal standpoint, love Andres. Like, hope the best for him. Really would rather it be him out there kicking. I just, you know, you can't sacrifice the team. You know, for and maybe they've tried McPherson. Maybe he's in practice not make not consistent enough. Who knows? You would hope they're giving him that shot to to prove it because you want the best player out there. I just, when we went forward on fourth, and at first off, you don't trust your kicker in that spot. I would have just punted it because LSU was not moving the ball well. Yeah. Um, wouldn't have gone forward on fourth and ten, but I feel like with a, trust, a kicker we trusted, we would have we kicked the field on there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jared, any other final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, Nope. I think we have pretty much covered it all. So we'll just... Uh, Buckle up for next weekend against Oh, Jordan. buddy. Oh, buddy. I'm I'm getting buckled up. Yeah, All right. Yes, <laughs> All right, Jared. How can the people stay in touch with you? 
You can find me on Facebook. Better my name is Jared Davis. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always here at being an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.